welcome to the Rashida Ray's podcast. Uh, this podcast is about mental health and well-being. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, I call him the guru of mindfulness. Today uh, with me is Jay Abbasi. Hello, Jay. Hi, Rashida. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you. What about you? I'm doing well. Thank you for that lovely introduction. That was very, very kind of you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So for all the people who, uh, you know, do not know Jay, Jay is a sales trainer turned mindfulness coach. Jay's mission is to leverage his coaching developed in uh, Tesla and Solar City sounds like big names, uh, to support individuals and companies struggling with stress, burnout, uncertainty, and lack of motivation. Dre, I'm so grateful that uh, you accepted to join us here to talk about uh, the mindfulness. And, you know, uh, for the last uh, kind of like past years, um, the concept is changing and people are accepting more and more and well mindfulness and meditation, you know, it's not anymore that um, kind of concept that um, people usually have about meditation. It's related to spirituality. It's related to Buddhism and all this stuff are, are changing. And thanks to people like you. So we would like to know more about mindfulness like in a simple easy way and how mindfulness helped you in in your life absolutely rashida happy to share so i like to think that mindfulness is something that is simpler than many make it out to be it, it, it's simply maintaining awareness of the present moment objectively and with acceptance that last part's very important and doing so without judgment and you mentioned a moment ago that there's this thought previously that it has to do a great deal with spirituality, and, and it can. It's really the choice of the individual. But what we find and what the experiences of those who practice it is that it, it helps in many different ways to manage stress, to be more resilient, to be more focused, to be more productive, to be more effective. And the reason for that is it we actually see changes in the brain after someone practices meditation. There's a lot of research on this, and it helps us to better manage the triggers of our reactions, especially the difficult emotions, by tapping into the logical areas of our brain, that's the prefrontal cortex, a bit more. And then from there, we can be more objective rather than be reactive. So in other words, we have this space now. I like to think of it simply as this. There's a space that gets created between between the stimulus and the response. So kind of imagine that to the left of you, right, wherever you're sitting right now, there's your head's in the middle, and then to the left of you, there's a stimulus, and to the right of you, there's a response. Before, the, your hands were together, and you didn't have this ability to look at it objectively. Now, if you move your hands away from the, each other, you have this space, and you can turn your head to the left, turn your head to the right, and look at both the stimulus and the response and make a choice as to how you wish to relate to both. And that's, I would say that's a superpower to have that ability. And for me, it helped me tremendously personally in that I had lost, I had, my father passed away in 2014 suddenly. 
And of course that was very difficult and it wasn't as though he was sick. I had to figure out how to manage through that grief and to stay strong for my family, as well as when death shows up like that in your life, you realize that there are, there's more to life than to what we've experienced to that, to that point. It kind of causes a, for many of us, a transformation. And so I was seeking and I found mindfulness and I found meditation and it helped me to manage through the, the emotions. But what surprised me was that it also helped me to be more productive at work, to be more effective. And I had, I'd say it completely changed my life and how I view the world and how I experience the world, plus the relationships um, that I had established. So it really was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I can imagine, I can only imagine, you know, the pain and the sorrow and how one can feel kind of like lost after losing someone, you know, who we love, like your parents. I'm so sorry for your loss. And at the same time, uh, I can imagine the effort that you put into staying strong, as you said, because, you know, big events like this can change uh, our lives. It can either make us or break us, uh, as we say. And I'm so glad that, you know, you managed to not only get over this, although, you know, it's you will always remember and love your dad and may he uh, now be in a better place, I hope. And I pray for that. And you changed your life, as you said, uh, drastically in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way, you know. And um, what I would like to know uh, with the audience and we would like you to share with us is that how mindfulness can be uh, simplified is, you know, as you said, it's, it's all about the awareness and, and being present in, in the moment, you know. And with the busy life that we had before the pandemic, and with our minds that are all over the place all the time it's like we are never present in the present moment it's like when we have when we have lunch we are scrolling down over the media and then uh work and then maybe watching tv or or netflix and our minds are just you know keeping wandering in Sometimes even the minimum activity that we could do is like, you know, waiting for elevator or waiting for our appointment and the doctor generates stress. So how can we use mindfulness in not only life in general, but in all kind of like those daily tasks or simple exercises that can be a good start to us so we can apply both at work and in just life in general. Absolutely happy to share. And I think this is this is something that needs to be experienced. And the way in which you can experience it, you can experience it right now. And here's how you do it. If you just, for a moment, bring your attention to your breathing right now and just notice the inhale. Mm-hmm. Notice when the inhale stops and the exhale begins then notice when the exhale is finished and then the inhale begins again that takes five seconds and if someone listening does that right now gives that a chance i just did it myself they'll find that mindfulness that people talk about 
And what that does is it just gives you that moment, that moment throughout the day to not allow the thoughts to be carrying you away. And in a way, it's empowering because we're now able to look at our own thoughts, our own feelings objectively. And I think there's a number of different practices that we can implement. Something like I just shared, right? Just taking a breath. I do think a formal practice is really helpful because it's just like going to the gym, Rashida. If, if you want to build this muscle of self-observation, what I call self-observation, and to be more mindful and to be more present, it's not that different than if you want to be in better physical shape, you have to exercise. And so, you know, if you want to, if you go to the gym for five minutes a day or you go for 45 minutes, you're going to see a difference. So if one puts into practice a meditation formally each day, they will see a significant difference. So I think that that's an important aspect to this. But then the other aspect is avoiding the distraction that takes us away from the present moment. So Rashida, you, you brought up how we get infiltrated by information, constant stimulus everywhere we go. So create boundaries to that. Create rules for yourself by which you will not be pulled away from the things that you are doing. So examples of that could be limiting the notifications on the phone, having time away from devices, not, uh, not allowing the, all that distraction to take you away from the present moment by creating these rules for yourself that fit into your life. There's, there's so much more than that, but ultimately we're all ta we're talking about the same thing. And that is to not let the stimulus and all the things that are experienced in life carry us away to where we aren't even here. We aren't even now. We have to find ways in which we can bring ourselves to the now, to the present moment. And that is a form of self-care. So that way we can better experience life and better serve others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right, right. I love that, um, you know, when you said uh, it's like going to, to the gym, it's like we grow muscle in our bodies. We never think about having how to have actually a healthy mind and how to kind of like stay in focus because in our life and mo especially modern life, it's like we are required to always multitasking, do this, do that, you know, respond to an email while you talk on the phone and you call is maybe asking you for something else with all these distractions around us you know there is no way that we can just remain focused because you know there is stress uh, kind of like you know I know that you know there is healthy stress and we can use it actually to meet deadlines and so on but at the end of the day the modern life and how it is designed it's like we either go to work or disconnect from just work and but at the same time we are not being as you said aware of the moment at the present moment we either kind of like focusing on the future or thinking about the past mm -hmm. and one of the things and subjects you you talked about is that also it can be as you said a practice in a very simple way it's like this is a simple and very small uh, practice that you just mentioned you can for example practice it while you wash your hands or brush your teeth uh, i mean it you know 
Jay, the problem that we usually face is that when we see or listen to kind of like podcasts or read books or see inspiring uh, people like you is that we often get very tempted. And the next thing is that we do, we try to go for drastic change. Okay, I'm going to meditate for 13 minutes every day. And then, well, (laughs) meditation is not working for me. Of course, it's not going to work because... You know, the brain has certain kind of like doesn't like what is unfamiliar. So it has to be trained. But I think, and this is really a personal opinion, I think it has to be gradually done. You know, it's like today I can do this week, let's say five minutes and then build and not leave that momentum, build on that momentum and explore, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think the... The way I like to think of it, Rashida, is if you wanted to go exercise for the first time and then you go to the gym and you try to lift 500 pounds on the bench press, it's going to be very, very painful and you're not going to be able to do it and it's going to discourage you. That that would be equating uh, the idea to start meditating for 30, 45 minutes for the first time and have this expectation that you're going to be able to quiet the mind and get you know, in that that state of stillness, it doesn't work that way. The mind, as you described, has neural pathways that have been developed that require uh, gradual change. It's not something that happens instantaneously. In most cases, some, there are always uh, one-offs, but I I completely agree with the idea that it does not need to be, I mean, if you can build up to a 20, 30 minute practice, that's wonderful, but you don't start there. Uh, You have to crawl before you walk. And so I, uh, I adopt the teaching of James Clear in Atomic Habits. Uh, I, I love that book, and I find that he describes this really, really well. Start with whatever is manageable. And while you, you said five minutes, I think that's a great start. If it's for you, one minute, that's okay too. Uh, whatever is going to begin the process of getting building this habit and forming this routine for yourself, and if you, if you stick to the consistency of it. It's not about the amount of time or that kind of motivation like you just described, that inspiration that you hear from listening to a podcast. Don't let that drive your behavior as much as just developing a consistency to it. Let that be what drives the change in your routine. And once you've developed one minute, two minute, five minutes, and you've done that consistently for maybe one or two weeks, you can then expand to going beyond the five minutes. And what's fascinating, though, is that even with just five minutes a day, you will see a change. You will experience a change because ultimately everything that I'm sharing and everything I talk about, I tell my my clients, I tell my students, don't believe me. It is something that must be experienced. And if you give yourself that five minutes a day, See what it does for you. Brilliant, brilliant. I I agree with you. It's like exploring will take you to uh, beautiful places. And at the end, no one will know you as much as you do. Yeah, okay. Uh, There are amazing and inspiring people like you who help us like know more about mindfulness and how it can be integrated and used either in work or life in general. But at the same time, it's like if we don't commit to certain thing, we'll never be able to kind of like reach our goals. And 
which it will lead me to my next question. Now that we talked about how it can be generally used, uh, Jay, how mindfulness can help us at work. And, you know, companies, they often complain from absenteeism and what stress does to their employees. And amazingly, like companies like Google, and that's some great news, they kind of like adapt this. And on Twitter, they have now meditation rooms and Gradually, you know, companies are adapting this amazing uh, concept of mindfulness and, you know, it's not anymore like men or going to the cave and isolating their, themselves. Mm -hmm. It's not that anymore. And I'm glad about that. So how, you know, can companies also benefit from mindfulness and increase their productivity and I think it's a win-win situation here, both for companies and for the employees. I, I, I agree. I think the studies have really been clear about this too. We've seen a lot of research come back and uh, there are, it, it, stress is a problem and it's a problem of course at the personal level for the individual, but then it does impact the organization. So I, I want to, preface what I'm about to share by saying, yes, there are re there is research and I'm going to share some of that and, and how it impacts and gets more results. But let's be very clear on the fact that these practices are to improve one's experience of life and to be happier and to live without unnecessary suffering. You know, that's ultimately what what we want from this practice. And, and I do feel that many organizations have that sense of they actually really, the employee morale and the employee culture and how people feel when they go to work matters to many uh, leaders within organizations. Mm -hmm. Now on the results side, there is a significant impact because we have so many studies that show that it's over, for example, in the United States, over 80% of workers say that their work stresses them out and, um, a good majority of that, I think it's two thirds of, of those of that group and that went through the study said it's had a significant impact on their uh, on them outside of work. Mm -hmm. So that leads to a great deal of loss in productivity. And we've seen studies done with Aetna. Aetna is uh, one of the great examples we have where they saw a huge drop in, in stress and uh, pain from the practices of mindfulness over um, number of weeks for their organization. And they also saw an increase in productivity, the amount of time that individuals were putting towards the work that they were doing. Because when you aren't stressed or you aren't caught up in stress, you aren't distracting yourself by watching things that are non-related to your work content on YouTube or whatever it is. That's what we end up doing. Our pattern is if I'm feeling stressed, what I do is I want to distract myself from this. I don't want to do this right now. We lose our motivation. So what we found with uh, what they found with Aetna and other organizations is that there's a an improvement in productivity and effectiveness in those that are practicing mindfulness meditation for the reason of no longer being caught up in the stress as well as being able to focus on a single task because that's also what we find as a result of mindfulness meditation practice. We're able to focus on a single task without getting carried uh, distracted by other things. So there is an impact to the results, the bottom line. And I just shared some of the productivity numbers, but what you mentioned is another one, which is there is also a reduction in mental health costs where people aren't taking as 
off of work nearly as much. They don't need to take as many mental health days or go on leave of absence, which also impacts the bottom line of organizations. So saying all of that, I'm going to go back to my original point, which is while that's valuable to know, I, I wouldn't want to take away from the importance of we do this, we offer this, if organizations are looking for this, I really hope that they're doing so from the right place, that they want their employees to be happier. Ultimately, mm -hmm. that's what matters is that people are feeling fulfilled at their work. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree uh, more with you um, because, you know, we spend um, long hours really at work and sometimes it just, uh, it makes it, hard a little bit to find that balance and between life and work and it's really um it's really important you know to go from that point where you said it's like when you get happy people motivated you know you don't have to uh, kind of like do much because the people are already happy their mental health is you know kind of like okay and fine and instead of i would say you know just offering a membership to a gym or something i think and this is really a personal opinion companies need to invest more and be more human i'd say like in concepts like this where as i said it's a win-win situation everybody is kind of like uh, taking something out of out of this instead of just offering a simple membership of the gym that maybe no one will use or maybe just half of the employees will have time for it. Um, and this is really personal opinion, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying the, this is the case of all companies or I'm not against offering a membership to the gym, but we just need to be more thoughtful, especially that we had this pandemic and a lot of things are, have changed. So I think the minimum that we could do is that, you know, leaders need to be more thoughtful and towards their employees and their teams and where everybody will be in a better place, let's say. Uh, this will lead me to uh, my next question, let's say. And um, I am curious and also people are curious now to know more about uh, your course and uh, one thing uh, that I first saw on your LinkedIn account is that mindfulness is not just for yogis. Mm. And this is, I truly loved it. And we are curious to know more about um, your course. So would you uh, like to share it with us? Absolutely. Thank you, Rashida. So the course, and this is more of uh, the behind the scenes, I guess I'll share a bit. It, it, it does it has taken time to develop. And the reason it's taking so much time is I want to be sure that it is adding the value that I really intend for it to add. And for the individuals who are going through some stress and feeling uncertainty, ultimately, I want to help people to manage uncertainty. And it has very much a tailored approach to the workplace because we are all employed either employed or seeking employment. And as you said a moment ago, it's a third of our lives we're spending at work. A third of our lives. A third of the time we're asleep, by the way. So that's a lot of our waking hours we're at work. And then we carry it beyond the workplace into our lives and with our families and the relationships that we have. So the course is designed to provide insight or have, gain an understanding of 
the programs that we have within us that run that cause us to feel the way that we do. It's to really give you the why and the understanding as to what's the reasoning that you even feel stress and to then be able to recognize it and be aware of it and gain insight into yourself through the practices of mindfulness and meditation and then be able to apply those things to the workplace and to your daily life. So, um, you know, in a summary, I would say it's uh, really getting to the core of why we feel stress and why we get distracted and why this is uh, how this impacts us, then how to solve that and then how to take that with us throughout our lives. And the course will be uh, a very affordable course. I'm going to be releasing the pricing very soon where it's going to be all online with video content, uh, workbooks, guided meditations, community forum. It's going to be a community of like-minded individuals that are looking to stay mindful, not just learn it once and go away. It will be uh, an ongoing opportunity to continue learning and continue growing through through this platform. And in addition to that, I, I also, of course, offer coaching for individuals on a one-on-one -on -one basis that feel they need a little bit more personal attention. And with that, I, I have a customized approach to each person to meet the needs of that individual. So uh, I find that that is incredibly fruitful when I have one-on-one -on -one time with an individual to be able to really dive into their situation and give them practices that will help to resolve some of the challenges that they're facing. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, I think it's worth waiting. Uh, you know what, because I, I'm going to start with saying that we are all different and unique. And as you said, uh, some people just need a little bit more of attention. And it really depends on our needs, because at the end, we are different. And mm -hmm. what might works for me might not work for someone else. And maybe I need something more. Uh, and also, um, Additionally, as you said, what is brilliant is that you are creating a movement, a community, and that's what will make a difference at the end of the day. Because if we're not like, if we don't have this sense of belonging to a community of mm -hmm. supporting each other, yeah, we need to believe in ourselves and we need to commit to um, kind of like uh, certain concepts and commitments and, and courses like this, but we need also our support group, you know, we need our, uh, you know, to meet great people. And here it will lead me to remembering that when we started our conversation and it's like the original idea, it was, you know, if it wasn't the sense of community, we wouldn't here be talking today. And, and Jay, like, I will be always grateful for you, for your support and for giving me the opportunity because when we start to discuss um, about, you know, working uh, about mindfulness and introducing it to, to the people out there, we were talking about doing a short video and then things did not work and then we ended up uh, doing this podcast episode. So you know, everything happens for a reason. And we were meant to be, I guess, today discussing this on this podcast. I truly hope that um, your words and your course uh, will help many people out there and many organizations, many leaders, especially because, um, you know, we think like teams, yeah, they have an immense stress, 
uh, but also leaders because you know leaders they have to kind of like lead teams they have to get results they have to think about the future it's like they have maybe double of the work or always extra work which means extra stress and mm-hmm. um, so they have to treat their teams well they have to be mindful in the way they treat their you know employees and teams and and, and so on so i have no doubt that the course will make a difference in the lives of many people out there and um would you uh kind of like uh, where we can find you and how people could uh contact you i know that you have a, a, a website you are on linkedin and maybe so many other platforms that i'm not aware of hmm. so could you please share with us absolutely sure it's uh, my website is jayabasi.me and on the website if the course is something you're interested in, just add your name and email and uh, I'll keep you posted. Uh, there's uh, no obligation to do that. I'll just let you know how the progress of the course is going. It'll, it'll just be added to my newsletter. And in terms of reaching out to me for you know anything else, just questions, or if you want to be looking into coaching for yourself, uh, there you could contact me right through the website or LinkedIn is uh, a second home. Uh, the way you described the community is something I also agree with. And I'm also incredibly grateful to have met you, Rashida, and had this opportunity to chat with you. And we've had many conversations now to this point. And I, I greatly appreciate where you're coming from. And I can always sense that you're coming from the heart and you truly care and you want to serve others. So um, I'm I'm honored to be here and, and to speaking with you. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I'm truly honored and deeply humbled. And uh, I'm one of the people who, you know, uh, it's like one of your biggest fans because I keep learning from you. And as you said, LinkedIn is the second home for all of us. And without this amazing platform, we wouldn't be here talking. All and right. I just had everyone uh please take care of your um, mental health as well as your physical health and do what it takes you know if we don't take action if we don't learn if we just take action and we cannot you know be where we want to be um you know learning more about mindfulness and and self-care and and doing the necessary work like journaling like gratitude we cannot be where we want to be. We cannot have the life that we want to have. All these practices is at the end of the day, what will uh, allow us to have a better life.